0: Well, let me not slouch back. Let me get fucking act like an adult. Jesus. All right. No, one of us, us should. Out. All right. <laughs> right. One of, us one of us should be the adult in the room, you know? Um, I'm glad it's you because I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing. Why are you? Doing, don't give me that responsibility. Uh, yeah. If I controlled this world, it, it would be a
1: nightmare, you know? <laughs> No one's getting out alive. Uh, <laughs>
0: and it's just because they ain't competent.
1: On, so. <laughs> on that note, hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Post Credits Podcast. Today, we're going to answer a very special, important question. Yeah. And that is Is there a phantom in that mall? But before I we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that,
0: yeah, Mike, I, I want to uh, talk about Rob Zombie just just a minute or two all right lay it on me you know everyone saw the trailer you know and this is going to be a little late so just how we record it's by but everyone saw it the trailer out, yeah. yeah uh but everyone watched that trailer and man did i get some messages from some friends where it's just like wow this looks awful and i agreed with them it looks real bad i believe you said you didn't even finish it right
1: i i didn't i got yeah. it's like two and a half minutes and like, i got like yeah minute I, 15 i got through like, it.
0: Uh, uh, Uh. Now, it's a Universal movie, right? So that's who's distributing it. Now, when you see a Universal logo like that, you're just like, oh, that's coming to the theater. I just find it so amusing that fan backlash for this or whatever kind of backlash, I guess. You can't even say they're fans if there's this much hatred. And it's been a minute since I've seen this much hatred for something
1: from a trailer in
0: a long time and now it's getting pushed out on netflix is it like not even going to the theater
1: like netflix texas chainsaw massacre level of like dislike oh i think it's more
0: i think it's way more when i was reading through the comments it took me like just scrolling you're just like i just want to find something positive right something and it was like i'll give it a try was like the most positive thing i found in like a sea of like,
1: like oh no what
0: is this shit <laughs> you know so thousands and thousands and this was like hours after the trailer launched right not like today which were a few days removed and mm-hmm. more comments have accumulated but just in that first like day it was like oh wow there's nothing no, no one wants this no one so uh i just find it funny that it's now getting just pushed silently to netflix and I, I uh i was on a discord and i was like yeah i just think they should cancel it i think it'd be the ultimate power move by netflix is to cancel something before it hits the airwaves you like, know because
1: like they bought it just so it they, couldn't. they bought it so out. they could cancel it, it was, yeah it's like one of those catch and kill news stories that <laughs> yes,
0: exactly oh man yeah. I, wow. I think that would be the the coolest move. It would be new territory, one that also Rob Zombie deserves, you know.
1: So well, that's that's unfortunate because I I know the monsters definitely have their fans because people usually fall into like, you know, one or two categories and that like they either like the monsters or they like the Adams family, you know, and I I think the Adams family's had a, a much better go of it than the monsters, mm-hmm. and they, they have the monsters really haven't had like. serious attempt to to really revive them in a long time so it's kind of unfortunate yeah they haven't
0: but you know it's like every 10 years or so you get like a new adams family thing you know whether it's a new movie or animated or whatever you know and now there's like a wednesday movie coming out i don't i don't know what the deal is with that i don't know if it's animated or not so
1: no i i think it's uh tim burton's producing it i I think christina ricci's reprising her role
0: (laughs) oh no shit oh that's cool
1: yeah, that's I'm pretty. Really cool. sure. I know Tim so... Burton's producing it. I I want to say that that's accurate. That Christina Ricci's coming back. That it's a continuation of that somehow. But all right,
0: that's I kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I do know yeah. that it's like Wednesday, Grown Up. So I'll, well, I'll watch it. You know what? It.
0: I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm I'm more excited not, or just having that little tidbit of information over anything Rob Zombie has ever done. So. <laughs> uh anyways doesn't take much (laughs) no it doesn't (laughs) doesn't take much (laughs) yeah i'm just thinking about that trailer i'm just like oh man uh here's what i'll say i thought the green looked that was a very saturated and nice green makeup but i just don't like the makeup you know i like the color green that was in that trailer that's the Mm -hmm. only nice thing i can say about it so anyways shall we uh get into the main course this Phantom <laughs> exactly. of the Ball Eric's Revenge. Yeah, let's. How do you know about this movie? This is you. 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 This was one of your picks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you're
1: okay. So, <laughs> so we're here, back. <laughs> yeah, we lost the light here, but we're back. And the the question was, how did I know about this movie? Because yes, this was my yes. pick. Uh huh. I I have incredible friends who specialize in finding like the cream of the crap and <laughs> just weird <laughs> movies, but they're also yeah. like, you know, they like they do uh, movie reviews and they like they get screener copies for things. So it's not like they're just blind buying these movies like like that. So I, a, a friend of mine is actually he knows I'm kind of into These kind of like, you know, sort of cheesy, but like, they're not so bad to give you a headache kind of movies, you know? Yeah. And and he gave me his, his press copy of this. It's like, you gotta, you, you, you'd like this movie. So. Okay. Did you think I would like this movie? I think it's like. It's, it's a bonkers movie. Like it's, it's objectively not good. Right. It's. It's objectively not a great movie.
0: (laughs) No, like if you're just on its merits, if you're just strictly like a teacher grading a paper, you'd be like, nope, that's not how you tell a story. Uh But I don't know. I just, I thought it was
1: bonkers. I just... It is bonkers. It's amazing that this exists and that there's so many people in it who who you know like paulie shore before he was famous yeah ken forays in here genre fans of course yep. instantly recognize uh morgan fairchild's in there is the yep <laughs> like the a well, celebrity
0: know she, i don't even know what she, her character was
1: oh she's the like movie. the mayor of the town oh okay
0: all right cool all right that makes sense
1: yeah, it's so just in it's there. A little bit to, more sense of the Like like movies. an A-list actor to, you know, who's a little bit past their prime but still famous enough to give the movie kind of some gravitas. That that was yeah. a famous thing. Like a, a lot of movies used to do that, still do that. A lot of lower budget movies, like with John Saxon. That's why he's in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um that's kind of what they wanted out of the Donald Pleasant's character and the original Halloween where they were trying to cast like Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing and you know there's pushback against that. So they got Donald Putin. Same same kind of thing. Okay. So you didn't like the movie. That's what i I'm did. Hearing. I oh, did. Okay. No, but
0: it's I just wanna I have I have criticisms. Oh that's as you should. Yeah. You can't get through this movie without being like, hang on a minute. <laughs> you know. Uh but at the end of it, it's like when I I'm like, did I like this? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I put it into the same category as Hello, Mary Lou, as Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah. Where it's just like, this should be good. I, or I shouldn't like this. Like everything's pointing to just be like, don't like this movie. This is not a, by every like definition, you shouldn't like this movie. Yeah. But it, you know, climbed over that wall. And somehow I like this movie, you know, doesn't make any sense. I can't pinpoint why there's a certain type of movie or a certain certain things happen in a movie. And suddenly, suddenly I'm like, yeah, I like it now, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't for me. It wasn't until like later on in the movie, probably like two thirds in, where I was I was on the fence where I was like, why did Brian pick? (laughs) (laughs) and then there was i don't know what it was but there was a turn where i'm like i'll probably buy this movie it's on shutter right now but i'll probably buy this movie it's um
1: it's it's definitely a cult movie and i i got prom night two vibes from it which that's that's why i i do recommend this people this movie to certain types of people right because like yes when I watched Prom Night Two, Blake Kleiner, who's been on the show before, he's been in every Friday the thirteenth episode. We've done we'll continue yeah. to be in every Friday the thirteenth episode till, <laughs> yes. till we get through that series and more beyond that. He he was one of the the people where like when I saw Prom Night Two, I was like, I called him up and was like I'm, I'm, what are you doing this week? I'm coming over, we're watching this movie. And and we watched it and, and he liked it. And it's kind of the same thing where it's like, oh, you're going to love this. And then you did. And uh, it's not quite like it doesn't quite reach prom night two heights, but it's it's like right in that category where yeah. that's that's what I enjoy about it, where it's kind of what I like to think of as like comfort horror where. Yes. It's like it's it's cheesy, but it's well done in like all the right ways And it's somehow better than it has any right to be, but it's not scary, you know, but it's like, I want to watch a horror movie, but I I just want to put something on. It's just going to be entertaining. And that's, that's really what this was for me.
0: It is is all of that. But then I also noticed my brain was like going into overdrive, trying to figure it out as I'm watching it. Not because it's a mystery who done it. Like, no, the movie is like showing you exactly who's doing these things. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not that it was like, there's certain things that just go nowhere and you're trying to be able trying to figure out its place in the broader story and
1: for example just, the
0: death of the pianist
1: <laughs> it's
0: never mentioned again okay yeah. like the, the everything surrounding that one character is so confusing I mean, do you, I can lay it all Uh, out. Even
1: even the way that he dies with like the snake.
0: He's on the toilet (laughs) taking a shit, right? And then Eric sends a cobra snake up a drain pipe. Okay,
1: all right. And then it bites him. Let's, let's, let's. Just for people who have no idea what this movie is, and I, I feel like so you, that's okay. Let's go to the a lot of people. Set it,
0: set it up. Yep. Let's
1: let's just give a brief overview of what Phantom of the Mall is, and then we can get into some of the specifics about it. I feel like that would be helpful for people. Sure.
0: One thing it's not is a sequel, even though it has a subtitle. So just don't go looking for Phantom of the Mall.
1: Yeah, because Eric's is Revenge it. is not part two.
0: Right. It is just the movie that's the whole title so okay. don't get confused let's you know? let's
1: circle back to that after we do the synopsis because i don't want to yes. put that off much longer so yes. phantom of the Mall is is basically a modern day reimagining of phantom of the, Mo- of the opera i mean that's yes. that's the idea you know the guy's got the half mask and he's running around It it follows a lot of the same tropes of someone trying to get their unrequited love back blah 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 But it's instead of an opera house, it's in a mall because that was a very contemporary thing to do in the 80s. Now, the title or character, the Phantom slash Eric. Yes. His house was burned down because this crooked development company wanted their land. They were the last holdout for this mall, this mega mall that they were going to build. So there's this whole thing with these investors where they, you know, had this thug torch his house. And that's where he kind of gets separated from his high school sweetheart, Melody, who they're in the house and it gets lit on fire. She escapes, but he's presumed to have died. So one year later, the Mm -hmm. mall is totally built. Yep. Yep. And there's complete this-
0: with an underground maze as well. <laughs>
1: there's and there's this character running around, a phantom, if you will. Yeah. Hiding in the mall causing hijinks. Yes. I think that's a that's a nice way to put hijinks. <laughs> hijinks. <laughs> like you talk to
0: my ex-girlfriend, I'll kill you. <laughs>
1: like- well, yeah, and and he's <laughs> he's going after for the most part, he's going after the people involved, right? So like the mall owner, yes. the investors the mm-hmm. um the guy who burned his house down is actually right. he's kind of the muscle of the the investors slash i, I don't yeah. know why they just gave him a job at the mall just to keep him out of jail but on his maybe it's part of his work release program or something like that right
0: community service
1: uh, yeah because yeah. this yeah. guy's yeah, been in and community- out of the joint a million times but
0: on your your community service is to be a cop <laughs>
1: yeah we're we're gonna sponsor him it's okay just oh yeah just let him out of jail for the millionth yeah. time yeah. um so that that's basically the plot of the movie and then there's there's a whole friend group so like melody his loves their um paulie shore is one of their friends where has a job at the mall uh someone else that they used to know is like a photographer blah 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 there's uh there there's a nice kind of like friend group in here yes and I I think that's one of the cool things is that, like, like the better Friday the 13th movies where you kind of like the group of kids. I I feel like that's kind of at play here. Yes. They, like, they're not super well written, but <laughs> it all hangs together in a way where you feel like, like, oh, you know what? They, maybe they would be friends in real life. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain amount of, like, connective tissue between them all that makes them feel like they're actually friends, not people playing friends, you mm-hmm. know? So it's a little bit believable, but then some of their actions are like, man, these are kind of dumb people, aren't they?
1: Like, they're just kind of dumb. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. You'd have to be uh, to find an eyeball in your frozen yogurt yeah. and then play it off like it's just some prank oh, or whatever.
0: Right. I mean, that's Pauly Shore, like, being like, oh, this is, fun. I don't know if it's sound, maybe it was just in the script, but whatever. Yeah, he puts, like, a fake ear in. And then there's like a gag later that's supposed to be gross, but it doesn't, doesn't land because
1: it's, it's I just, presumed I just, that he's putting another one over on. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: like, yeah, it's not real, but then, but then let's just think of lo, uh, logistics of uh, getting that eyeball from where it was into a ice cream cup, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's pretty difficult. Cause it's like he, the, the guy who got killed, who lost his eyeball eyeball, both of them eyeballs, you know, from being shocked to death. Which I was like, "Oh my god," you know, that's that's wild. And then like the eyeballs pop out. Mm-hmm. But that was in some sort of like mall dungeon, like down some long air vent, really <laughs> deep beneath the mall. I don't know like why the uh, circuit breaker had to be so damn far away down this like really tiny aluminum tunnel. Mm-hmm. but uh so that's where the eyeballs popped out at but then like i think like the ice cream store or whatever is on like the third floor of the mall so it had to be like walked did he, so and then like eric put that there he was like you're friends with my ex-girlfriend yeah. i'm gonna ruin
1: your sunday here no, Here's no. It, like, it shot out of the guy's head and just fell into the open box That that was going what was the name of the place like the chill factor or something Yeah, I think it was the name of the yogurt stand. Oh, it
0: went into the box. Yeah. Okay, see, that was a weird... Because I'm like, why are they focusing on the box?
1: Now, I don't know anything about yogurt. Like, I know pop is like it comes and you got your bag of syrup and then they hook that up to the machine and it gets cut with seltzer water and that's how you wind up with fountain drinks. Apparently, that's what happens with uh, frozen yogurt or something. I don't know. Because it basically went into the concentrate instead of you know and then they would put that into the machine and that's that's your vanilla or something but then the eyeball totally wouldn't survive because that would have to be ground up and processed but yes we're way over rationalizing that aspect yes of it. i got the yes. impression that the um the air vents were up high and the the tunnels were down low but it was all connected like there is just this labyrinthine system that went um, through the whole place, but that, but they really just use it for whatever is convenient.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is the underground. Oh, it's in the air ducts. It's all the same hallway. Yeah. Now you're in the second story. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Now yeah. you're in the mayor's office. Yeah. So okay, so that that's the movie that's in a nutshell. The, that's
0: the movie. Is this guy Eric wants revenge? He doesn't want anyone to harm Melody, his ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. who that seems like they're both in love with each other. Um, but then there's like the one thing that I noticed is like every dude in this movie sucks. They all suck. Mm-hmm. Like even her new photographer boyfriend is a creep. You know, I think surprisingly Pauly Shore is the only normal dude in this movie. And he's Pauly Shore. Like Polly Shore is not a normal guy, right? But compared to everybody else, he's not a dickhead
1: you know well and he's pretty tame here because this is pre weasel yes we the juice yeah Yeah. and And it's pre that i i was listening to uh an interview with the director and he was saying that he wanted to like he he picked paulie shore for this because he saw him at at the comedy store in uh yeah los angeles there his
0: mom uh owned that that's why he was there
1: paulie shore's mom mom owned that yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. that was her that's her jam.
0: Yeah. So Oh, wow. So yeah, like um uh it was almost like a similar to like Johnny Carson. Like if she got like if you got her to laugh like you were it was almost like you were made or something mm. that's how I like comedians talk about her. So she was like super influential in like comedy. But everyone knew who Paulie was because he was the kid hanging out because his mom owned that store. So it's like his babysitters were comedians, basically, you know? So I can't imagine what that would be like. You're like, oh, that'd be so cool. But then it's like, well, that's Sam Kinison, is Pauly Shore's upbringing, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I don't know if that's such a good thing. (laughs)
1: So. So. Yeah, yeah, he seems to have done all right for himself. yeah. Yeah. But it, it but that, that's all I wanted to make is it definitely wasn't like the full on
0: No, it wasn't full on Pauly yet. This yeah was we're like, we're not
1: Biodome or Encino Man Paulie like this is in the
0: army now. Yeah yeah none of that not yet. Um yeah, but then the there's the cop who will not take off his earring, even though that's like a way to identify who burned Eric is because he was wearing an earring when he did it. He's like, I I'm mean... gonna take it off this earring. <laughs> okay i mean like it's it's a a small price to pay to conceal your identity but whatever you know
1: yeah uh you know but uh, they for movie reasons they left it there just to connect the two characters
0: yes yes you know it's interesting i want to go back to the photographer boyfriend real quick
1: okay because like the
0: thing about eric which we'll go into detail later is he's not a good person
1: right well he definitely winds up in that area yeah. later on
0: yeah yeah it's, a, it's a hilarious because because she's moved just, on that
1: he hasn't
0: yes but here's the thing like every guy in melody's life like i said they suck but she's got like her new boyfriend that she professes her love to by the end of the movie basically stalked her like she he's the one that took the photo of her escaping from the burning house which I, it didn't seem like anyone was around but like that's what he said. He's like, "Yeah, remember that picture? Yeah, uh-huh. I took that of you." And it was like of her escaping the house. But then it doesn't make sense later. We'll get to why it doesn't make sense later. But it's like, wait a minute. So,
1: well, I mean, right there, that would make him like suspect, like like a prime suspect n- number for, one, <laughs>
0: right? Burning yeah. Burning the
1: house down.
0: Yeah, but then it's like, wait a minute. You just took this photo of this random girl you now, you don't know, and then just followed her around until she got a job for a year. <laughs> <laughs> like what so yeah the men are not role models in this movie at all no so anyways yeah
1: no there, there's a couple leaps of logic that you have to make in order to get from the house burning to the one year later setup because there's yes. the whole thing of like you know what eric was doing in the time between being he was
0: learning karate
1: being burned to and, death and <laughs> left for dead and then Having his layer inside of the fully built, constructed, yeah. you know, mall,
0: learning roundhouse kicks and you know muscle training—that's what he was learning.
1: There's you know? a, there's a, a bit that they cut out because there's this movie is kind of fascinating and that it has a lot of different versions. Okay, there's because there's the theatrical version, which I presume is the one that's on Shutter. Then there was the the TV version and then there's the version that Arrow put together which is kind of a supercut of the two where it's the theatrical version with all of the additions and omissions from the TV version reinserted okay so i've seen both of those i haven't seen the TV version just by itself cuz they didn't um they didn't include that one on the blu-ray But there's a whole scene in the beginning in in the prelude where like Pauly Shore and Melody are all at school like watching Eric because he's like a gymnast.
0: That would make so much sense because I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, no, they cut that out of the movie. That's one of the big things they cut out. And then there's another scene that they cut out later on where Pauly Shore and the girl he winds up kind of becoming boyfriend girlfriend with. Um. They were dancing. It's um, it's not a bar. It's like a lounge or something. They they come back to that later, but there's a, a whole scene with them there before. So they were there for a long time. Okay, that's that's one of the other big things that they cut out. But anyway, yeah, uh, Gregory Scott Cummings is the that's his name. The yeah, um, Max Dad from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he's the one with the earring that you're, you're the thug. Cause yes. that, that was another thing about the TV version that it was a little strange where they, you know, you know the scene when Melody gets attacked in the parking lot, like she's walking out to yeah. her and then Eric's just there <laughs> mm-hmm. like a fucking crossbow and shoots the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They That's never the pianist, come. By the way. Yeah. They attribute <laughs> that to the thug character like that like that that's his first attempt to kind of like knock her off but that's the piano player in the actual movie so that's just one of those weird like ah we got to cut something out to make something have time so they yeah weird okay yeah the pianist thing
0: uh so but like, going back to that he's just dead now he's bleeding from his shoulder killed by snake bite Mm-hmm. in the bathroom of a mall no one says anything no one find finds him ever again they're just like oh someone's in the stall because i see feet so i'm just you know we're just for- not
1: gonna go in there ever
0: <laughs> yes yeah like, the
1: cleaning people come in like oh man can- it's- there's a shoes so, again
0: <laughs> right so it's like you have this setup to this misdirection of like who these people are and then he's dead nothing is said about it ever again was he working with them or was he just a separate criminal that's also working in this mall you know is he linked to eric's death is he linked to a a syndicate of evildoers
1: yeah i i feel like he uh that he was just another criminal but because he tried to like like he was ordered to kind of you know, take melody out. That that's why he ran afoul of Eric, and that's why he killed him. Because for, for the yeah. most part, the other victims, which Eric's a pretty creative murderer in the the slasher yeah. movie sense. Yeah, um, killed
0: someone with a, a escalator. You know.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, That was uh, Travolta's nephew. Um, I
0: thought it was. I was Tom, like, is, Tom is this friendly? Yeah. Is this the guy? That improvised the Native American burial sites from the Friday the 13th movie.
1: Yep. I think Tom, it is. Town Friendly. That's his name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He is just a scumbag in this one. <laughs> like, yep. Just another check
0: mark to all men suck in this movie, <laughs> you know, except Holly yeah. Shore. So,
1: yeah, it's true because he was harassing the ladies in the lingerie store. Uh, Hello, prior to his Tom. death, prior yeah. to his death, yeah. So, let's come back to the Peeping Tom in a second because I, I actually yeah. have a note on that. Um, yeah, n- it's not much, it just goes to show you that, like, what you're saying, that people are scumbags in this movie. It's one of those fascinating things, right? Where like everyone's kind of a bad person, like, not that anyone yes. deserves anything that's happening, but like. Even Eric in his quest for revenge is not really a wholesome character. And nope. like, he's trying to kind of like get back, like like he's holding Melody hostage against her will because she's moved on, but he hasn't. And <laughs> it, it's it's this total shock, which how wouldn't it be? You know
0: what? Since you just brought it up, this is when I was like, I like this movie now. And it was this moment right here, right? Where...
1: Is that where he's like lifting his weights when she, like, no,
0: it was just like, oh, they're he's alive, she knows what we've all known for this whole movie now, you Mm -hmm. know, their undying love can reunite them and they can live happily ever after. And she's gonna disregard his mutilated face from the burns, even though he looks like a monster now, right? (laughs) Well, this they're gonna be fine, and she's gonna watch him kick ass and take names throughout the rest of the movie. (laughs) <laughs> record scratch no he is kidnapping her and holding her hostage mm-hmm. because they can live in the underground forever now yeah and i and i'm just like i was like yes i mean no
1: yeah but like yeah the, the fact that she <laughs> responded like um, i'm sorry eric but no yeah yes like you will, you will stay here <laughs> yeah
0: you can't go anywhere Uh, like wow I'm just like that's so impressive so it's just like one stalker to the next stalker you know so
1: that might have been trying a little bit too hard on the script's behalf of bending this back towards the events of Phantom of the Opera because Phantom of the Opera is a character who suffered an accident, but he's been watching this other person from afar. And he develops kind of this parasocial love for her, even though she doesn't yeah. know him. And, you know, kind of introduces himself into her life through like music lessons, but he's, she doesn't know. He's just a voice in her dressing room. And that's kind of when he becomes the monster, is when they're all hunting him down. Whereas the personal connection makes this a little bit more unsavory.
0: Yeah. And also like he's hunting everyone else down. Like no one's hunting him down. He was just like, I'm I'm going to hunt them all down. Did you say anything? He's, Did you even yeah. breathe on my girlfriend? Yeah. I'm gonna murder you. You know, it's so controlling. He's, he's, it's so he's really,
1: toxic. He's really proactive know? in that regard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like he's in his lair with like. One camera, but five monitors just watching Melody and her friends, just heavily breathing. And you know, it's just like, okay. Yeah, right,
1: what I want to know is so yeah. I was watching that. This is kind of like one of my Jason goes to hell criticisms, too. Is like they're watching something on a security monitor, and I'm like, where did this footage come from? Because yeah. it's, it's not from the angle of a security monitor, it's like from the angle of someone hiding a camera following her through the mall. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, wait, hang on, hold on, like, yeah. just,
0: yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's lunacy, but there's so many of these moments in this movie where it's just like you, it you can't help but stay, like, focused on it, because you're like, who's, who made this decision to have this in this movie the way that it is, you know, and you're like, I'm gonna well, keep
1: going, um, you know? I'm glad you bring this up and this will be a good segue back into the whole Eric's Revenge subtitle.
0: Yeah. So
1: basically it's the most Hollywood story you could possibly have with the writers wrote this movie that they just called it The Mall. Like it was originally just called The Mall. And then this company bought it. So they sold the rights. It was a $4 million movie. They cut it down to like two point, whatever million. So according to the writers, they totally gutted and changed the entire movie. And the script, their original script is on the Blu-ray. I, I didn't have a chance to, to totally read it before this. I just kind of like skimmed through it, especially because I just watched the movie yesterday and I skimmed through a script a little bit just to see, because I heard that interview with them where they're like, oh man, you know, they totally gutted it. They changed the whole thing and i i from what i read i think the basic bones of the movie are still there but the big things were like all of the action scenes were a lot more elaborate okay and i I mean all of the dialogue was changed i i don't dialogue's cheap i don't know why they couldn't like I couldn't keep some of that. I, I don't know if it would have been better or worse, but I mean, maybe there's a couple lines that were held over, but there's barely anything. So to say that those two movie, scripts are totally different. I, I believe it. So yeah. who made those decisions? I, I don't know, but it, it is basically the most Hollywood story you could have where it's like, they wrote this movie, they sold it. Someone came Other in, totally came rewrote in. Yeah. it. And it doesn't, yeah, I mean, it res- It vaguely resembles that original idea, but it's so different. And then, so the title was not only changed from The Mall to Phantom of the Mall, then at some point, it became Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Now, the writers don't know where that came from. The director in his interview said he, he didn't even know where that came from. And all of them brought that point up where it's like, that's really confusing where it's like, who the fuck is Eric? Like, did did I, was there a first one and we missed it? Right. So all of them said that, but you know, you know what's even more amazing too, right? Yeah. In the original script, the character, the character's name was Carl, right? So this was almost called Phantom of the Mall, Carl's Revenge, (laughs) which is somehow an even worse title my it apologies to Carl's out there. It's just coral. It's it's not a threatening name. <laughs> it's uh, you know like Eric's a threatening name either. But I think at least with Eric, the connection there is that was the name of the Phantom and Phantom of the Mall, or Phantom of the Opera. So I think oh he was God. renamed There's to some... be Eric as homage to Phantom yes. of the Opera. And
0: and the mask. I I gotta say, that's like that's the only thing that's like, oh, this is a Phantom of the Opera type thing is by calling it Phantom of the Opera and then he or Phantom of the Mall. But, mm-hmm. you know, the you know, the connection is there already. And then having him wear a mask that looks like Phantom of the Opera.
1: So kind let, of. So, let's let's talk about the mask just for not that there's much to talk about. Like it, it's the Phantom of the Opera half mask, like Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber, every stage play you've ever seen. It's the damn Phantom of the Opera mask. There's a line in the credits that totally wouldn't fly today. It's the song by the Van, Phantom of the Mall song by the Vandals, which is.
0: Yeah, I, it's, it, so it's a fun song. I, I, don't, I don't know.
1: I thought it was a fun goofball song. <laughs> okay. it's, it's not up there with like uh, Return of the Living Dead or like stuff that they have. But it definitely yeah. fits into that era where it's like we need like a punk rock song for our horror movie. So it, it tracks. It's a, it's a product of the time. But there, there's a line of, you know, is there a phantom of, of the mall or is it some kid in a broken hockey mask? Now, Jason's mask was not really broken, technically. It just kind of had like an axe hole in it. That actually mm-hmm. would have been kind of cool. Like, I mean, it would have been it would have made sense for like the Eric character it was something that he could have found at a mall. But if he had like a broken hockey mask, it would have been like that kind of form factor. But you could have got away with it as something that that they organically had in the mall. Sure. Instead of like wherever that... Oh, he, did, sur- he
0: did surgery on a mannequin's face. The, that may, maybe since there's so many different versions of the movie, we both have seen different types of them. So we, we might be like talking past each other just because we haven't seen the clip. Yeah. Yeah. No. In the one that I saw, maybe you didn't see it. Like, the, there's a uh, he gets into a store, gets confronted by a security guard. Oh yeah. Yeah. A mannequin. But then after that scene, you can see him like taking a scalpel to the mannequin's yeah. face and cutting out the phantom part.
1: Oh yeah. They they justified it. I just think it was kind of like lazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> At least if it was a broken hockey mask, it would have had a little bit more of its own identity. Like it still would have served yeah. the same function.
0: And it also would have been like unique yeah since it's a horror movie
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: because of that reason and all yeah Give an homage to a, a superior horror movie you know mm-hmm. that's a weird thing like i was thinking like just kind of talking about why i like certain things and why i don't like other things like it's really hard to like put these movies into a box these types of movies the eric's revenge you know, of you know the,
1: the re- er, er, yeah eric's revenges yeah. of the world
0: yeah because it's like we shouldn't like this at all like there's too many things that are just like that's really stupid or they could have done it better or they i would have done it totally differently but then it's like but for some reason the sum of all of its parts like is able to elevate itself past those like criticisms Mm -hmm. like those momentary criticisms along the way but what is that what do you think is that thing that's like yeah this is bad but I'm gonna disregard it and enjoy it, and it's like unironically, right? Because it's like people are, because it's like I have the whole Leprechaun series, right?
1: And I've watched a couple of them. Now. I I advised against that, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, I I think I'm gonna buy that. If, it's like I I think you'd be happier with the twenty dollars. <laughs>
0: it was it was ten dollars for seven movies.
1: You know, like
0: come on, that's that's less than two dollars a movie. You know. And I have that add seven movies to my collection, you know, just got to bolster that thing up, but those movies, I don't like, but they're kind of fun to trash, you know, Mm -hmm. but this movie is fun and I like it, but I'm still going to trash it. You know, it's like a difference. And I don't know what that thing is that makes it different. So.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it was made with heart by the people. Yes.
0: Maybe that's it.
1: Involved. And, uh, yeah it's just it somehow charms you i mean you, you said it it's worth more than the sum of its parts
0: yeah but when you like think of the specific parts you're like man that's so dumb yeah
1: what was that that's again? really bad <laughs> he 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 burned a guy to death with a flamethrower like there's just flamethrowers in them all like yeah okay <laughs> weed burner that's weed burner 39.99 you could buy a flamethrower in 1989. Dude, and- <laughs> someone needs to make the
0: flux capacitor to go back in time. You know, like I I want a flamethrower for $40. I mean, that's like <laughs> 1980s money, but still Hello be- Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to buy a flamethrower from Elon Musk and I I mean I want the real flamethrower cuz that thing launched flames onto that bad guy oh, yeah. right at the end. Yeah. How did okay, can we talk about like that whole end sequence? Are we there in the podcast where we can talk about the end? We've already skipped around a lot, but we can come back to it. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, the Polly's friend, the woman, when they go and try to find her,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like her melody, trying to find Melody. Yeah. So they like see her car keys, right? They're like on the hall floor of the hallway, some hallway they're into. They're like, oh my God, there's your keys. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, they jumped to going through the vent. So I just want to point out that their justification for climbing into the heating and air conditioning vent was because they found Melody's car keys on the hallway floor.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't do that, you're saying that's what I'm hearing?
0: <laughs> no, I'm saying yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, because I consider myself pretty logical. I can't make that jump, you know, and be yeah. like, oh, car keys on the floor, I guess I'll go through that vent. So you
1: know? that was prior to yeah, so they they're they're climbing through the air vents to, to try and find her. Meanwhile, the thug, um Max Dad, uh Gregory Scott Cummings. You know, he was in Batman Returns as well. Who is this? The the, the guy with the earring. What was he in that? Oh, he's one of the clowns. Oh, oh
0: there you go. Fight.
1: He's he's actually been a bad guy in a lot of things. Like, he's been cast as a bad guy just because he's kind of a, you know, big, badass-looking, you yeah. know, 90s white guy.
0: <laughs> he reminds me with, of... With
1: just like that. Right. Death stare look.
0: Right. He reminds me of, um, he was in like the X Files, some alien that like had the needle weapon that like killed people by stabbing him in the back of the neck. Uh huh. And then he was also in Terminator. You know who I'm talking about?
1: Uh huh. The goofy looking
0: guy who does look really strong though. You know, yeah. that's who it reminds me of. I wonder if they're related. And I'm not even hmm. joking, but they look very similar to me.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. Because I use oh, Buffalo
0: I, Bill and Joe Dirt, you know?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, haven't seen that one, but I, I have seen Phantom of the Mall three times. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So they find the keys. He grabs her and he this is when he's going to like kill her for real. Like he's done messing around
0: because there, yeah. there's a
1: couple of times where he's like on to them for like trying to get closer to the investors plot. Right, because yeah. like the photographer guy he tries to find him, and that they've got that chase scene around the mall. That that car chase was wild. I, I, that was one of the things where I'm just like, I like a movie this cheap has a car chase like this. Like I don't know. I just felt like they really pulled out all the stops for that.
0: Well, the same cop does like a a drift into some guy's waist, just whips that car around and hits some bystander right mm-hmm. in the hip with his tail of his car i'm just like that guy's pelvis is broken you know? oh yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah no but you're right like this car chase had no business being in this type of movie you know
1: yeah oh so. yeah and they're not like it, it's not suggestive like they're they're smashing cars they're sparking them on the sides of the garage and yep yeah no that was cool yeah. it i so <laughs> you know what cracks me up every time is like when when he think the, the photographer he's chasing him around the mall because he sees him in the yeah. record store and he recognizes him from the night before and then they then they have that foot chase through the mall and then he he gets in the elevator and he thinks he got away and then just all of a sudden he's on the outside <laughs> of the elevator <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. what was his plan for like hanging well, down uh, over the side of the ele- like upside down i mean it looked it looked cool just from a movie making standpoint like oh that's neat but it's like but how are you gonna get yourself out of that situation well and what are you gonna do to him like he's inside an elevator you're not gonna break the glass you're hanging upside down like you know the smart thing to do would have just been wait for him to get off and then jump from you know jump at him from the top but he can't do that because he's got to (laughs) like straighten himself back up and turn around um yeah, but but yeah, then that it, was awesome. That was that was genuinely amazing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, then when he goes to kill Melody, like he's just gonna throw her in the box crusher. <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit!
0: Like that guy's evil, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna throw you into this thing, this crusher of like. Have you ever like? Those things are terrifying.
1: Mm-hmm. The box
0: crushers, and not even those. I I worked at a store in Grand Rapids that had um, giant augers. And when I say giant, you're probably thinking of something smaller, but they were the size of a semi-truck trailer, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I have never seen something like that before in my life. And it mm-hmm. would be terrifying if you had to like go get go down in there to get something unstuck. You're just like, I don't want to be here, you know? So... Yeah, you yeah. had to have like a teammate watching you and being I, on the outside I did being like hey
1: don't I did touch that. that
0: button when yeah.
1: i when i worked at service merchandise that's that's exactly what happened with something i don't remember what it was it was 20 years ago and i had to go in that thing and recover something and that's exactly what i did is it's like you stand here and watch this and you make sure that nobody presses that button when i'm in there because when when you're in yeah. there too i mean yeah it's not only the size of a semi-trailer but like you're it's over your head because it's yeah the size of a like just a dumpster a flat, yeah like a flatbed truck comes in takes the damn things away puts in yeah. a fresh one there and and then yeah. the
0: the the drill is like it's so intimidating and scary you know mm-hmm. you're just like get me out of here as soon as possible
1: just yeah. get
0: me out of here you
1: know <laughs> so. yeah. Never got Ooh. turned on, but yeah, just the fact, every second you're down there, you're just sweating bullets. Like, Yeah. Did oh, yeah, yeah, I
0: get it? Did I get it? I don't want to come back down here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so then Eric sweeps in. Yeah. Roundhouse kicks the shit out of him, like, nine times. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, if that was in a modern movie, they would have done some cutaways to, like, make the kicks. Not that his kicks aren't impressive, but it's the fact that, like, the whole scene plays out like in a wide shot and they're just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, you just do three roundhouse kicks in a row. We're not going to leave that. Yeah, no, we're fine. Whereas like any other movie would have like, he'd start the kick, but then they'd cut to like a close up of it hitting the guy's face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not this movie.
0: Or, or, or or be the Jean-Claude Van Damme where it's the same cut, but you repeat the same move three times in a row before you move on to the the next thing. The
1: Lionheart.
0: Yeah. just a spinning kick
1: the same shot three
0: times and then the impact hits you know yeah. ah, ah, ah. <laughs> just uh yeah that I, needs to make a
1: comeback I, I believe the actor uh derek Rydell actually performed those mm-hmm. uh, karate moves that that wasn't a stunt guy oh oh it was really him yeah
0: okay cool i mean i, I seriously that is cool I've tried to roundhouse kick and I just kind of did like a awkward tumble into the grass, you know. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, so. no, he was uh he was pretty good with that. You know, he he had some athleticism and I I think that's where not cutting out the gymnast thing would have made a little bit more sense in the Of course, the grand scheme of things because you could see right how he would take that into
0: Here's my point of view like because i didn't have that information Mm -hmm. here's what i thought i was like oh getting burnt and living in the underground for a year makes you super fucking strong and you know how to do martial arts because i didn't have that other information i'm like well where do you get all these skills and i got to connect it to something yeah i mean you know so it's like uh he gets martial arts from getting burned then you know, like that's the logical thing because I'm not giving that information. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, he just spent all of his time. He was so angry. It was like, I'm just, I'm going to become Jackie Chan. You know, I mean, it tracks the shit out of people.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> so. I like, I like your version better. <laughs>
0: so, well, thank you. Yeah. But it might have been a better movie had that been in there. I don't know. But I kind of like it as it is. I don't think I would change anything, even though like there's things that you could definitely improve to make this story better. At the same time, I don't think I would change any aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Because it's all of the things that make this movie great. That's why you don't want to change any one of those things because then you just don't get the same
1: soup, you know? uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong between the two versions that I've seen. And okay. I I think it's kind of fascinating that the the TV cut of this from what I understand actually makes chronological sense unlike <laughs> unlike the Halloween 2 TV edit where uh, where when you really look I mean it's it's not like it's unwatchable but when you really like think about the timeline you're just it like it introduces some problems that the theatrical cut didn't yeah. necessarily have but um just, so let's go back to the uh the perverts that you were talking about earlier. The, so the security guards were like watching the girls in the changing room, yeah, on, on which, security cameras. How was that
0: legal? And oh, it's
1: not. I know. <laughs> Even back then, it wasn't.
0: Right, but then I'm also thinking like, okay, let's like make this. I do this a lot with movies, just in general. I'm like, okay, this is real, so I'm going to treat it like it's a real thing, right? Does that make sense? Are you following me along?
1: Uh-huh, yeah.
0: So it's like, okay, so to get that footage, they'd have to have a camera. But we're not talking about little, like, sunglass cameras that we have now because, like, lenses can be the size of a piece of rice, you know? Right. We're talking about, like, 1980s-style camcorders. Those big-ass shoebox size monstrosities that you would see that were painted white or that mm-hmm. off-cream color. You know that color I'm talking about? Mm. So that would be in the dressing room, looking down at all these women changing.
1: Right. You'd hear the servo motors yeah. as it's zooming in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so the interesting thing there is that the one uh, one of the actresses in the booth was Brink Stevens, who she's kind of famous for being in the background for a lot of, kind of like Linnea Quigley where like she she's got a following but you know she she doesn't she never really had it had a ton of roles right she was always just kind of like
0: heather lang in camp mm -hmm. or you know uh jamie lee curtis you know yeah
1: so never got there like for example she was in this is spinal tap as um one of the girlfriends slumber party massacre i think she's the first victim um okay she she was in a movie that i edited called blood siblings No shit. Okay. Yeah. But that was one of those things where it's like, I I didn't know who she was. And then my friends was like, Oh, we got to bring Stevens. Who? (laughs) But like, they (laughs) knew her from conventions because they were fans of like, you know, this, like, yeah, yeah. Her career of being a background actor and things. So she has a following. It's just interesting where it's like, you know, one of the, like, again, like Linnea Quigley, it's like one of the actors that people went to when it's like, well, we need someone to take their top off. And it's like,
0: Right, you know, but she is adored by like horror fans now, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, Lene
0: is uh, I don't know about the other, but like, yeah, like uh, recently it seems like she's just been at every show, you Mm -hmm. know, which is like awesome because I don't think she was at too many a couple years ago, but I swear she has like one of the longest lines now at any one of these shows. So, I and I don't, it's always interesting to me when you see that happen like later in life for somebody where it's like they're getting the adoration that they probably should have got back then Mm -hmm. for something they did like 40 years ago, you know, it's it's just amazing. So, Well, I
1: I think the difference there is that Bring stevens you know, had had a lot of, like she was in a lot of stuff, but she never had a Return of the Living Dead.
0: Ah, okay, I see what you're saying. And I,
1: I think that's kind of the breakout difference there where like Linnea had that and, you know, people could see, her as an actor, a little more direct, aside from taking all her clothes off, could, you know, see her a little bit more directly because she was in the movie instead of, like, yeah. the band member's girlfriend or the victim number one in something. Or, okay, you know, girl on security camera in Phantom of the Mall.
0: Right. Yeah, we we need some nudity. So that's probably why that is even there. They're like, we need some nudity in this movie. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and they like, and hey, that- we'll just peeping Tom's in the room.
1: I think I mentioned it, but just in case I didn't, that was also one of the things that was in the original script. Was the security guards like being creeps?
0: <sighs> okay, I I don't get that. You know, I I can excuse like exploitation as being a part of history and the time that a movie was made, right? Mm-hmm. To a certain degree, but then it's like when it's like you have to like give it a a different context i don't know it gets really weird to me like just the peeping tom shit just didn't need to be in this movie that's one of my gripes it's like i just don't care about this you know so
1: well yeah and it's it's interesting too because like it makes eric seem more unsavory than he already is yeah but but that's kind of compounded by the fact that we already know that Eric's alive because the movie is called Eric's revenge.
0: Right. Can we just talk about this, (laughs) this back and forth throughout the whole movie, Uh this one group of people like, I think Eric's alive. And then it's like, cut Eric's jumping on a car, trying to kill the cop. You know, like I'm just like, okay. Like, We all know Eric's alive, so it's not interesting anymore to hear actors ponder if Eric is alive. Right. You know? Because we know as the audience. So there's no intrigue there. But they lean heavily into trying to figure out if Eric is dead or alive for a long time in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, too much time. So,
1: Yeah, and even if the movie wasn't called Eric's Revenge, I feel like just the way that all of that material is handled. The mystery is gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's also part of its charm, right? Because they completely failed at any tension or mystery in this movie, simply by having like how it was one, how it was edited. And then two, Eric's revenge should not even be a part of the title. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. like this is worse than Intruder Revealing the identity in the trailer Because you don't even need to go that far Knowing about this movie You're just like, Eric's revenge Oh, that's Eric Oh, okay, he's gonna kill people Who's Eric? It's that guy there The one
1: named Eric (laughs) Yeah, and and you know what he looks like Because they they show that right in the prelude Yeah You know, I wonder if you, you move that around um, if if you could have preserved any sense of mystery there, because you didn't know who the character was, and they could be talking about like the house fire or whatever. Like I, oh, I, yeah. I feel like, yeah. like maybe they were trying to do that, but they weren't quite successful the way that they edited I, it around. I agree, and
0: I think it was how it was edited, but the what was contained in certain sequences, right? So it's like they could have had the fire in the house without showing eric eric's face at all like he could have done all the heroic things of getting her out and then you know him dying and then not showing his face or what he looks like it could just be like a hand reaching out from the window with well, fire around, you, know, you
1: know yeah or they could have just held that back until like the middle of the movie um because because they revisited it a couple of times because melody's having flashbacks about it when they're yeah, having their lovemaking scene. And then all of a sudden she's in the burning house, which which was I thought that was kind of cool, by the way. Yeah, you it know, so was. They, um, it, it might not have looked as good as it could have because it looked a little bit too much like a set, I think, at times yeah. and, and a little too theatrical. But uh, they tried, you know, and, and that's definitely something that I appreciate about the movie is that even though it has kind of a lower budget, mm, kind of made for TV quality about it like they try with the lighting a lot more. And I think the fact that it's on film helps it a lot because that elevates it more than some of the other movies of the era where it's like early video. They filmed it on video and it just has that like pervasively cheap look to it. Yeah. Um, Whereas this looks cheap, but it, it doesn't look as cheap as it could.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree with everything. Uh, it does look cheap, but it's not a, it it seems like it looks cheap because of the era, not because of poor quality. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think it's, I mean, it probably is poor quality to a certain extent, but what I mean is like, it looks like it's from an 80s era of filmmaking. So it's just, there's a lot, for me, when I see something from the 80s, there's a little bit more slack that I give on the visual quality of it, just because like things weren't as good then you know mm-hmm. for they weren't as good for lower budget movie making
1: that's you know that's a more fair way to put that yeah yeah and and a lot of that's due to the um the time restraints of whatever i i don't I, I think they filmed this in a very short amount of time as well they um they filmed this at the Sherman Oaks Galleria which is a very famous mall from a lot of movies like Chopping Mall was filmed there
0: oh my god thank you
1: Terminator Listen. 2 they filmed at the Galleria
0: okay I when I saw the first shot of inside the mall when they were like doing their little fucking press conference or whatever the fuck but the mall people were doing I was like man is this shopping mall you know
1: have I been there before <laughs> <laughs> yeah why am I yeah. have a deja vu yeah just it's because uh, of like
0: it wasn't any like one piece that I saw like interior, but I was like that feels like the same green on green or gray and neon that I've seen in something else, and I was like, I'm just thinking about shopping mall right now, but could be. It's so. it's
1: a very distinctive mall too, the the way that it's laid out, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I I part part of what probably helps it make it looked like chopping mall is that in similar circumstances, they had to film there at the, it was all nights because the the mall was open during the day. So the mall would close they'd be there setting up and then you just film there all night. So they probably had a similar lighting plot to it. Whereas when you have James Cameron money, you can film there during the day.
0: Right. It makes it look a little different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. James Cameron money is a lot of money. So
1: i i i like this movie you know it's it's one of those Listen. things where it's like you shouldn't uh you know we've been over this back and forth but uh i i would recommend it to people who enjoy kind of you know goofy horror movies and uh i just yeah, i don't know it's, i i think it's, it's fun. more
0: than it's more than that though too right you know it's not just like a goofy something you can laugh at but it's like a it's I can only describe it as like a certain type of movie that's not genre specific, but somehow succeeds even though so much of it fails, you know?
1: Well, like, and, and I feel like part of it too is you're not laughing because even though I sends a goofy movie, you're not laughing at the movie necessarily as you're kind of laughing right. with it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And despite all my criticisms, like I'll probably end up buying this movie probably in like a month or two, but let's be honest, I'm not going to buy it tomorrow because I don't need to see it again. You right? rush
1: out and see it. I might but, watch it again after this podcast. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those movies where it's like I want to have this into in my collection, right? Like I want to be able to just grab it whenever I want, throw it in and just, you know, be be entertained for how, what it's trying to do or whatever. And this is, having this movie out now on Blu-ray is one of the reasons why I want physical media to still exist is to rediscover these gems from an era long ago. We shouldn't have access to movies like this, Mm -hmm. even though they were made, they should have died. But for some reason, people are like, no, this is, I like this. We need to keep this relevant. And I'm happy that there's companies there that are like, yeah, Let's put it in a two disc special edition box set with all the bells and whistles. I don't know how that's possible, but I'm happy that something like that exists and I got to support it. You well, know? because I mean, one day we're going to get hello, Mary Lou. Hello, Mary Lou is going to get the same treatment. Bless, I'll bless be doing you, cartwheels.
1: Bless your heart arrow video. Cause they're the ones yeah. that are like really dedicated to preserving a lot of this kind of like, uh, you know, video store trash that, yes, that like you said, otherwise, it just kind of be lost in the mist of time. And you know, a lot of it, it, it's not as simple as just tracking it down. They spend a couple of years to put it together and you mm-hmm. know, to really find the best elements for it. And oh, put the, yeah, put together that super cut of <laughs> yeah. the theatrical version, the TV version, and all the stuff that was left on yeah. the cutting floor,
0: yeah. Well, and it's even, what's really cool is they're like interactive. It's almost like this, like I saw Shout Factory when they were like, hey, we're going to be releasing Event Horizon. I'm like, cool. And then like a month later, I see them on the internet being like, we're trying to find the lost footage. If anyone knows where we could find it, please Mm -hmm. drop us a line. I'm like, oh my God, they're using social media to try to find the lost Event Horizon footage that was left on the cutting room floor. That's just really cool to me that they're going through those links not just packaging what already exists into something shiny and new again but yeah hey let's try to restore this thing you know yep. so or at least in a maybe like a cut like an alternate cut where it's like yeah we found the footage but it's vhs quality but we're still going to put it where it should be you know mm-hmm. So at least you can experience it so but then other times just on a side note i know we're wrapping it up but about the exorcist three um uh, arrow video one that had the uh william peter Blatty's version of exorcist three right his cut of it it sucks it, <laughs> like, it's it, the, the author and, isn't it? it yeah but he directed the third one as well okay he did he wrote the first one and then he his book for the follow-up to the exorcist was called legion and that's what exorcist three okay all right
1: on. yeah okay but it's well, garbage, anyways. So. <laughs> well, Arrow Video did a fantastic job because yes. their their Supercut does not look like that, and the the movie actually looks really good. So it's it's cool oh, to okay. see that something you know from that no, era no, can I'm survive. Saying,
0: no, yeah, I know. It I get. looks great. I'm saying William Peter Bladdy's director's cut, how it's edited, mm-hmm. sucks. So okay, that's. I just wanted to make that clarification. Right. It looks great, just. Arrow Video does a great job. I love Arrow yeah. Video. Happy they're around. Thank you, Arrow Video. Now Phantom of them all, check iPads. it
1: out. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, right. Send us some screeners.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no shit. I would love that. But man, this has been a blast talking about this movie. I do like it a lot, even though there's the criticisms are a mountain, you know. So
1: i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs>
0: yeah so follow us on social, follow us on social media links are in the description below or whatever if you're listening to it it's in that in the, it's in the show notes yes there you go thank you i'll see you in the next one
1: that's right new, new episodes no every thursday ah well you say that now it's <laughs>
0: not gonna win. not going
1: <laughs> all right see you Adios. next week